0: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Kiwi Talks. I'm speaking to the big cheese of the Armageddon Expo, Bill Gerard. How are you doing? Doing really well. There's a million questions I want to ask you, so I'll just uh, start off with how how did this all come about with the expo? Uh,
1: I've repeated this a few this story a few times, so it's um, but essentially, I used to run um, Doctor Who video days. Yeah. And um, it was a way of me um, paying for videotapes from the Who shop in England, getting them sent over, and then I'd screen them and a couple other things and paid for my Doctor Who habit. And then, um, uh, again, I really wish I could remember this guy's name. He was in a store in Pamuyl and uh, was in the heyday of the trading card boom. And he, uh, he said, you know, you should do a, um, um, you should do a show. And there'd been an event called icons that had run in 93 and 94 and uh, it was more comic based and it didn't come back. And we, um, uh, we thought, okay, we could do something. So we, we started from there. It's just one of those, you should do this kind of things. And and my experience is that there's a lot of people that, um, want stuff to happen. Not many that will do stuff to make it happen. Yeah. Um, certainly not at a grander level. So, um, and I tend to be more of a look, uh, jump before I look kind of guy sometimes, which it hurts me a lot and helps me in others, but it also gets stuff done. So
0: did you always foresee that it would become the thing that it,
1: no, it did? no, no no. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I, I'm still a little surprised. And, um, uh, I was trying to think, oh, excuse me, um, I was trying to think. When, if there was a moment when it became what it, what, when it became a job. I remember, I mean, it's been, I've been working on this full time for about 17 years now. It uh, was that 2003, 2004 ish when I, I made the move from um, working and doing this part time to doing this full time. And, um, uh, but I don't remember at that point thinking that this was a long term thing. Right. Yeah. And, so, and it's only recently that I'm, I'm sort of, I don't know. I mean, it's been 25 years, so I figure it has been a long-term thing. Um, i uh, I I'm not, I I'm not thinking about the end of it, but I'm, I'm nearly 50. I'm 49. I'll be 50 next year. And I'm starting to think a little bit, what's going to be, you know, am I going to be 60 doing this thing? do I want to be 60 doing this thing? And and should I be 60 doing this thing? Cause uh, I'm, I'm surrounding myself. A lot of my staff are in the twenties and thirties. Um, and I try to listen to what other people are doing because I, I to a degree, I feel like I'm starting to age out of um, what the, what I need to do in some respects. Yeah, but well, I'm doing, I'm, I'm still, I feel like I'm, I'm still right there. I'm just, you know. <laughs> starting to, starting to think that way but i figure I'm, I'm five five to ten years away from from really thinking about that properly
0: so do you have a successor in place or are you molding no. someone to be your successor
1: no not really i mean no. i know my um uh, i've got a few of my kids that are sort of involved with the show so there's always possibilities there yeah um honestly i don't know uh, that's one of those things where um uh when 's the point you step back from something or something you 've invested your entire life into and there's not many people that can do that i mean most things that when you when most projects when you're involved with your it's a job you move from one job to another and and yes it's something you remember, but it 's not something that you necessarily hang on to as your the be all and end all um, and uh, uh, this is uh, me and the wife call this like our fifth child. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know that I could separate myself from it. Even if I, even if I decided I wanted to, that, that might be too hard to do.
0: Yeah. Why well, view view you as like the Vince McMahon of the convention, the big convention thing in New Zealand? Since You're the
1: guy. It's problem, Cause I am. I mean, that, that's an, that's not an inaccurate description. No. Um, the, the thing is when I, there's a few little things that are popping up now. And it's been interesting because I mean like Overload or Doge and Overload's been around for a few years. Um, I think, I wanna say over 10 years. Um, but it's only in the last three or four that I've really started seeing um, smaller, little events popping up. Oh, I mean, I'm sure they've been around but I haven't been seeing them. Now I'm starting to notice a few. And they're, and they're generally more fan driven, more smaller and more uh, I think niche is the right word, but very specific in their audience they're trying to get. Um, and normally, the reason that it hasn't happened is because people just don't get off their ass and do it. Um, and I, I've had certainly, we get our detractors because they, I think there's, a, there's this, amongst some people's thought, there's this thought that we're a corporate thing. Um, Whereas they couldn't be further from the truth, because there's, there's up until six years ago there was two people working on this show. So um, wow, yeah. Um, whereas now I've got about five three four six Now the six, seven people, seven people working on it. Um, and that's more of an expansion into, um, you know, hiring a full-time graphic designer, hiring a full-time um, communications person. Just as it, roles expanded, um, like about 2015, 2016, they brought in new health and safety laws, and that takes up a lot of time. Um, so having somebody dedicated to that a been shifts. But up until up until 2014, we did not have any full-time employees. So we're... We're we st- We've been one step above a fan event for a number of years, um, but people seem to think of us as being this big thing. And um, but our, at our heart, we're just I'm just somebody who gets off my ass and does it. And and it is good to see more people doing that. But um, uh, the Vince McMahon analogy is, is is not wrong. I mean, I know I know a couple of guys that fit that description in Australia. Um, I know most of the guys in England and um, a few of the guys in America as well. So we're certainly connected internationally. Um, and seeing those other shows, it's, it's, it gives, us some, gives me a good perspective of New Zealand as well. So.
0: Yeah. But I think it's a compliment to you then if people think that you're a corporate because it's a massive, massive undertaking. I mean, I've gone to the events quite a few times and they look like there's a big team involved of like 30 to 50 well, people certainly, I mean
1: at the show itself there's about thir- between 30 to a 100 staff. Yep. So the show itself is quite quite large. Of course. Um but it, it's uh I mean every year is different. This year has been very different and and the regional shows this, the Wellington Christchurch and Tauranga that we do are very different to the Auckland one. Mm. Um and and always have and have been for quite some time. They're um because they have to be I mean auckland we we get a bit of people that are always a bit shitty about Auckland having the bigger guess or Auckland having um this bigger thing, and it's essentially it's where the money is,
0: yeah, well, that makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're always going to get people that complain anyway, doesn't matter what oh, you do,
1: no, no, I get that <laughs> I, we once did a thing where um one, on social media, there's this constant thing that you'll see. You announce a guest and the, uh, one of the comments will be, why doesn't Why does Auckland get all the good guests? Why doesn't Wellington get all the good guests? Or um, I know there's a couple of things. That's, that's the main one, right? But if you go on to the UK um, shows, if you go on to the Australian shows, you see exactly the same post. Uh, why does Sydney get all the good guests and not Melbourne? Why does Blackpool get all the great guests and not Manchester? It's... it's it's, it's funny that it's so, such a consistent complaint, but it's one that we don't tend to take too seriously anymore because, you know, it, a lot of the times, celebrity-wise, it's purely been um, uh, random chance, who's available, who contacts us, who says yes, who says no, you know. So how do
0: you actually get people on? Like, How do you um, decide who the guest list is going to be?
1: I, um, uh, historically, um, we'll talk to a bunch of different agents. There's about three or four main ones, but there's always, there's at least dozen that I deal with internationally. I mean, we've been doing this long enough that my reach is quite broad. Um, they can't, some people contact us and say, Oh, well, this guy wants to come to, to New Zealand. And sometimes it's, uh, this person's already in the country, which doesn't happen very often, but, you know, um, and then, um, will uh go through the names say that and some names will just pop out and sometimes it's it works really well and other times it just doesn't work at all and it's it's I don't know. I'd like to say there's a plan to it, but there really isn't. It, it purely comes down to who's available. I mean, the, the, the virtual stuff we're doing this year because we can't fly people in has actually been very rewarding. Cause there's been a number of guests that I've wanted to have at the show that we could just never get, or they couldn't travel or they were filming or anything along those lines. And um, doing it virtually means we can take an hour out of the time and away they go. So.
0: Mm. So how hard was it to plan for this year? Given COVID, I mean, you must have been hit with like this massive avalanche as soon as you know the first lockdown happened.
1: Well, one one of the things I've said about this year is that we did it did it each show three times, um, and we planned them out originally. We um, we went into lockdown, so we planned them for under specific rules or stuff like that. And then when lockdown finished, we had to replan them again. Um, so it was, you know, I, I tend to not dwell on stuff. I, I knew that once we, once the seriousness of what was happening popped in, we knew pretty quickly what we were gonna have to do. And and my original thought was that we just wouldn't be able to have any physical, any, any physical guests or guests at all. And then Zoom became a big thing. Cause I mean, I hadn't even heard of Zoom before COVID hit. Um, And then that opened up options. So we went, we followed that. And we're we're looking at doing different stuff next year to to follow it up. Um, but it has opened up a lot of additional avenues that we wouldn't have had before. So, um, in, in a way, it's not been a terrible thing.
0: Right. So could at some point you kind of adapt the old model with elements of the new model?
1: Oh, that's definitely the plan. Yeah. I mean, we never, I, 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 my, the thing I have with the, the – you have before COVID, you have COVID, and you have after COVID. Now, there's this delusion because nobody's really talking about it that after COVID is going to be the same as before COVID. Yeah, it won't. And it's not. The, the whole world is going to be different. And there's what that's going to be. Nobody really seems to know right now when it's going to be. Uh, I mean, we're planning the first three shows next year to be like the same shows this year because for the first half of the year, we know we're not – most things aren't going to be different. I'm hoping it'll be a little easier, um, that the vaccine will be starting to come out. That think that'll open up a few things for us. Um, but, and with Auckland, we might have a couple of physical guests. That's our hope. But I'm thinking quite frankly, 2022 that we'll have more virtual, definitely more virtual than physical.
0: Hmm. Well, it makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So I suppose if you were to get guests, would it be from countries that have probably contained COVID more, like, say, Australia as oh, opposed to America? No, I
1: think, it, I, I, I think that we'll get to a point there where if you want to come to New Zealand, you can come, but you've got to be vaccinated. Mm, mm. And you'll have a special stamp on your passport that says, you want to travel somewhere? Sure. You're vaccinated? you got this particular one? Sure, where you go. Um, and I think New Zealand would be number one for that because essentially our biggest problem is our border. The minute you fix that problem, it's not a problem at all. You know, yeah, you want to. The Pakistani cricket team wants to get here. No problems. All vaccinated. Sure, get on a plane. There you go. Not vaccinated. Tough shit. Mm. So that, how that's you, how I see it going.
0: Whether Who it knows? does or not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. But I, I, I figure that that's that's. Uh, as I said, I'm I'm planning for what we did this year with we're doing. We're doing some virtual signings. Where we're going to get some guests to pre-sign some stuff and then have them. Zoom in and talk to people while we give, them give out autographs for some of the animation guests. And that's something we didn't do this year. Um, we're expanding some of the gaming stuff. Um, but then we get to Auckland, as I said, I'm hoping to have a few physical bigger guests present. But that will also depend on who wants to travel. Uh, if the air, will the airfares be the same? Will they triple in price because there's not as many flying? Will they be cheaper because they want people to fly? Will business class go through the roof. I mean, that, that's all stuff, and that affects it because if you're paying ten grand for a business class flight, um, that's one thing. But if you're paying thirty, that's another. Yeah, so, that's right. I mean, these are all these are factors because I mean, you know, Stephen Amell doesn't get on a plane in, in economy. He comes business class. That's a given. So you have to sort of work in those work the budgets to, to make that work. So,
0: and I suppose a lot of these guests that do come over, they stay overnight and. You have to give them accommodation uh, it's a, and
1: stuff uh, normally a minimum of five days. Um, some stay longer. I've had guests stay for two weeks, a month, sometimes, um, with Auckland, sometimes they've gone to Australia, but generally, I mean, that's the thing coming to New Zealand for a convention is a week long commitment. Mm. It's not something that you just, they're just doing It, it is, it is uh, 12 hours to fly here or 24 hours. If you're in England, um, you've got to get here, your three day show, You got a half day coming back. So minimum, it's four and a half days. So to do it and keep your sanity, most people are here for about five. So it's it's about five to six days at least.
0: Yeah, makes sense. And given the jet lag and everything, it probably takes that amount of time to get used to it. So yeah, it makes sense. So with obviously things like the PS5 and the Xbox now out, do you cater to make that kind of at the forefront going forward?
1: Well, one of the biggest... Downsize we had this year was that pretty much all of the corporates just said we're not we're not doing anything, and, and I, I can't. It was a little irksome, but I couldn't blame them. You know, I mean, as a corporate, they were pretty much being being told in America we can't do anything, so in New Zealand you can't do anything, and that was that was everybody. That was every big brand we dealt with, and it meant that we couldn't do the PlayStation or the Xbox promotions that we would have liked to have done, but you know, it's a different world, so you just you roll with it. Um, I would hope that we'll have a proper presence next year, um, but that's far enough away that I'm not really. You know, they they couldn't tell me even if I asked now, and it's far enough away that I just don't know.
0: Yeah, because what's the most popular thing at those conventions? Is it the gaming? Is it the anime? Is it the wrestling? Well, see, now
1: that it... that's the thing is, look, I, I'm an I'm an old school Doctor Who fan, and I've had a philosophy for. What these events are and what they do—that stayed with me. and Nothing I've seen has changed my mind on this one. So it's if you run if you run an esports event, you were catering to esports fans. You were not getting people who are non esports fans involved in this thing. Generally, hmm. if you run a Doctor Who event, you're getting Doctor Who fans. You're not getting new Doctor Who fans or people who've never heard of Doctor Who. Walk up, go, "Oh, what's this? I'll check it out." Singular events are great for the for the area they're covering, but they do very little to grow an area. They're they're feeding themselves. They're a self fulfilling prophecy. They they just it's cannibalization of the audience. It's it's the same thing over and over again. And that's the same with everything. If you're doing. Um, You know, you you can get new people brought into it, but whether the event itself is creating that audience or whether those people are just looking for it automatically. Now, what we try to do is um, we do, like, gaming and animation and comics and collectibles and music and, you know, uh, celebrities and and, um, movies and all these kind of things. And the idea is that I'm interested in A... I come to the show to see A, I'm exposed to B, I like B, I'm gonna start looking into that. And that's how you expand things. Like I, come, I came for the celebrity guest. I watched this anime while I was there, I'm gonna start watching anime. And it's, it's how you grow. You, you go to an anime show, you've got nothing but anime fans and they're, they're spending money and cannibalizing, blah, 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 blah. but it, is it actually helping the industry grow? In my opinion, it's not, not not events that way. I mean, there is there is a little bit of that, but not enough. Where as a, the most pop culture events, and Armageddon's a bit more diverse than most, we have a bit more gaming and other things because New Zealand-wise we have to be. Um, but most pop culture events like New York Comic Con, um, C2E2, um, Supernova, Oz Comic Con, us, a bunch of others, there's enough diversity there that people are coming for one reason or maybe multiple reasons but are getting exposed to other things and expanding into those areas so it's not a cannibalization of of an one audience it's spreading the audience around a bit more
0: that makes sense yeah but so, you- i mean and,
1: and that's not to say look i love I, i'd go to uh, I, I sorry i went to the doctor who 50th anniversary thing in london And I had a freaking blast and those shows are great. It's not to say not to do them, but I think you have to look at why you're doing it and the reasoning and what you're expecting to get out of it. And if you're just looking to entertain the, your fan club or your audience, then that's, that's all the reason you need, that's enough to do it. But if you're looking to grow something, then you have to do something beyond that.
0: Mm. So I suppose every year when you were looking at the statistics after every event, were you seeing it kind of go up like this, I suppose?
1: Um, it depends. It's certainly, uh, it's also venue, it's also capacity. Like when we were at the AOT Center from like 2004 to 2008, numbers stayed pretty consistent every year. Um, Wellington was the same and then we moved to venues. As we move venues, we sp- expand areas, we start seeing an increase. Uh, and certainly Auckland stabilized in the last few years. But when we when we do surveys, there's always a good 30, 40% of the people that haven't been to the show or didn't go the year before. So we're always seeing a new, fresh thing. And we're at that point, we've been around long enough that you've seen fat kid, the parents bringing their kids in who were kids when their parents brought them in. So, um, you know, there, there's some advantages to being a legacy event now instead of starting up new and trying to tell people what we are by creating a name or something. So,
0: Yeah, yeah. So, how long does it actually take you to organize one event? So, let's take Auckland for example. So, obviously, before the event, because what usually it's in September,
1: October? It's right October, about... it's Labor yeah. weekend. Look, i normally say a year. A year.
0: A year. So, you plan yeah. it out so what, a year what we do is, in advance.
1: Yeah, it, it's the six months worth of planning and dealing with the bigger companies and starting to lay things out, and then six months worth of doing. And then while we're doing, we're planning. The regional shows. So we're like right at the moment, I'm selling all Christchurch, Towering, and Wellington, but I'm planning for Auckland and I'm dealing with companies and, and working towards that. So, and then once we finish the regional shows we'll nearly finish them, we'll switch over to doing Auckland actively and I'll start planning the regional shows. And then as soon as we finish Auckland, well, so it's, we're a we're move, constant movable feast. And, and sometimes stuff happens. That you we get something penciled in a year, a year to two years in advance. Doesn't happen often, but um, you know, with, with COVID, uh, I'm working on some things for Auckland next year, but we're probably a little slower than what we were. Um, but uh, again, we're adapting to that, and I think we're adapting pretty well because you know, I know some events that just don't, don't know what the hell they're doing. So,
0: <laughs> how do you get any free time though? Because this sounds like an insane workload.
1: Um, no, it's, it's, it's not as bad as that. It, it's, it's, I tend to have pretty, I wouldn't say cruisy days, but I tend to have pretty flexible days. But I also um, start early and finish late. So I tend to pace myself. Uh, it's more of a, um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, there are days when you feel like you're sprinting but most of the time I'm just jogging at a leisurely pace, getting there and I can bugger out for an hour or I can do something else or, you know, whatever, but, um, uh, but it's, it's always there. I'm always involved in this. This is not, this is not a thing that I park and, and, you know, I can just leave for, um, a week without checking in on. I mean, even when I'm on, on holiday, I'm pretty much doing stuff.
0: Oh, right. Okay. So you haven't stopped at all in the last twenty, twenty-five years? Just kept going. Oh,
1: well, it depends on what your definition of stop is. <laughs> I mean, I, I've gone to Comic Con about eight times. I mean, it, it's that's work, but it's it's fun. So uh, I've had, um, I've only had one or two real holidays, but I've had a lot of trips that I've worked around the um, the show itself. Mm. Like I, I go to. Um, I went to Japan a few years back, and uh, we went to Anime Japan. It was part of the reason we went. It was good to see a different kind of, of anime show. It was very different to what I was expecting. Um, but, you know, we spent the rest of the week wandering around Japan. So, you know.
0: Does all this stuff inspire you, though? Um, you must go oh, to yeah. these events like E3. That's well, and- why you want to go to
1: them. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the, the, the point of doing them. They're, if you... Um, there's always things like I remember going to um, comic con in um, uh, 2001 and uh, 2000 and I bumped into uh, the voices of Dragon Ball Z while I was there and we ended up getting them to come to the show. And I wouldn't have had that without being there for that. And there's people i bump bumped me into and contacts and, um, uh, the shows in London have been pretty rewarding because I get a lot of actors or people talent from there. And I, I know the guys, so I'm behind the scenes a lot. Um, and it, it's, once you, once you know how the, um, the sausage is made, it's very hard to not uh, <laughs> to, to, to go to the front of the shop. It's, better, it's much better to stay in the factory. So, yeah. um, but yeah, yeah no, I mean, like I said, I, I'm, I'm certainly I'm very lucky. I'm very happy with the position I'm in. I'm I've had a great time doing it and I, I still am. Um but uh and I've got to do things that any fanboy would have killed for, so yeah.
0: Yeah, well it looks like the dream job to me. From the outside looking in, that is. From I'm, the outside.
1: I'm sure- it, it is it's the problem is it's you just can't step away from it. There's there is um uh you know, there are times when I'm not sleeping. There are times when, you know, it's still a business and it's, there is a lot of stuff we've done as fans that we shouldn't have done as business people. And that, that yeah. can be a problematic. And the, the thing, one of the things that irks me a little is I can get, I, I, I I've cut myself off from a lot of social media because I just deal, deal with trolls or people who just have no idea. And I, and I don't need to deal with them, so I just stepped back and went, you know what, I, I'm good without this. But um, I also know the level that we've gone to to do things that any corporate would never have done. Like if we were a we pure corporate, we'd have the Auckland show and that would be the only show we'd do. We wouldn't be doing the regions at all. We never would have. We would have just done Auckland. That's where the money is. That's where we go. Um, and yet we do four shows a year. So, you know, it, it's just dealing with negativity when we're going out of a way to provide as much positivity that behind the scenes can be a little tiring sometimes.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, there's always people that are
1: negative. Didn't you do I know that, that, did, Again, that's why I just, I just stopped engaging, which is yeah. more their loss than mind. So I just, you
0: know. well, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, social media is a cesspool of negativity. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Did you do five at one point? Cause you used to have them in Hamilton as well, right?
1: Uh, we did Hamilton. We used to do Dunedin as well. Oh, right. We, did, so- we moved Hamilton to, we did one year in Manukau and then we've been doing Tauranga. Right. Sort of in that way. So um, we did Dunedin and we just couldn't get it to, I mean, it's a hellishly expensive show to run and Dunedin just wasn't, we were losing money more so than I was comfortable with. So, really and then then we well you know um the, historically the further down the country you go the less people want to spend money um <laughs> i'd hate to go to invercargill because god i think they'd want you to pay them to get in um <laughs> but uh, uh and then when we were talking about it i got slammed by these people who were like pretty much assumed that we owed them a show and were resentful and and that so when we made the decision to not come back, I actually commented and said, look, this wasn't the reason we're not coming back, but it definitely contributed towards it because I'm not, I'm not doing this for you to shit on me um, and tell me I suck when that, that doesn't make me want to come to your house and help you. That just makes me want to tell you to get fucked. Yeah, well so, fair enough. <laughs> you know, it wasn't the reason we stopped doing the need, but it was definitely a contributing factor that there was a small group of people in Dunedin that felt like, um, we owed them a living and, and, you know, we didn't. So.
0: I think some people just don't understand how business works or how like it has to be that, somewhat I, viable. I the,
1: illusion, the illusion is that we're rolling in a sack of cash after every show. And, and so it's an easy thing and that, that, well, that's just not the case. It's just it's not the case. I mean, we barely, if we hadn't had the, the government's um, wage subsidy this year, we wouldn't have survived straight up. I mean, we would have, one of the options we were looking at was just, um, uh, just hibernating, which meant, which would have been closing down completely coming out next year, which is what a lot of events have done. Um, and we, in the end, we decided to stick to it and it was a hell of a risk, um, particularly the Auckland one, because there's a lot of costs you don't get back if you get canned. Um, and we, we, um, you know, we, we managed through it, but it wasn't, it wasn't easy. And yeah, so, certainly after a year's worth of work, we, we, we've come out okay in the end. But, um, you know, I'm not Scrooge McDuck. I don't have my, my vault that I get to dive into every week. So,
0: Because how long did it take before the expo started making a profit, really? I mean, I imagine it wouldn't have been straight away because usually with well, these things. We made, a
1: loss, we made a loss last year. Um, oh, really? And we made profits, yeah. Uh, Well, according to my accountant, we did, you know, so, Um, but uh, um, I know it's hit and miss, it's hit and miss. Again, it's, if if we were running, if I was running this as a corporate thing, then this show would have been profitable 20 years ago. But, um, so, but I'm not, and a lot of the stuff we do tends to float up and down a bit. So some years we do well, some years we don't. Some years we do very badly, and and then we need to think. But normally, the bad years have normally been preceded by something really good happening because we we double down and try to make the show bigger because I got bills to pay. So,
0: least <laughs> these oh, join us about it. So I suppose yeah. it's a bit of a seesaw between fan and oh, business yeah. in terms yeah, of all how the, you... all the time.
1: I mean, there's times when you know I get contacted by some. I, in the past, I've been contacted by somebody, and they go, "Would you like this guest? It's going to cost you this much." And and we don't make the money, but I can't say. I'm like i'm gonna get this guy like if david Tennant, his agent called me up and he is not the cheapest guest in the world to host i would find a way <laughs> i would <laughs> i would be like we're doing this we will make this happen um but uh i mean that's where you got to get creative and hope for the best so
0: so is there like one guest that you haven't gotten that you're like i really want but you still haven't managed to get
1: certainly a few guests that i've worked years to get and like barrowman john barrowman took us years to get him and um and and it was really rewarding when we did um the uh, there's nobody i've actively worked on at the moment that that i'm missing as i said matt smith and david Tennant are on my i want to get them list um Hmm. but again both of those guys just work and, and work and work and work. So getting them is, is easier said than done.
0: What about in terms of New Zealand guests who hold a lot of clout overseas, like say Peter Jackson or something?
1: Um, look, I've had Peter Jackson's kids come to my show. Um, oh, but I've wow. never had oh Peter, that's a compliment had, in itself. Yeah. But I've never had Peter Jackson turn up and he certainly <laughs> knows we exist. Have you actually managed so, to
0: get a hold of him? Because I know he's intensely
1: private. No, but he knows we exist. It's not the kind of guy you can phone up and say, you want to come to the show. Um, there's, there's a lovely delusion that, um, that actors and to a degree, uh, well, all actors really, they, they, they all want to say yes, they all want to come to the show. And, and I get people contacting us all the time saying, oh, I, I went to this show in America and I talked to this guy and he'd really love to come to New Zealand. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he would. But when I phone up his agent, they want $300,000 to make it happen. So it's just, there's, there's always a business side. The second half of that conversation is how much. Yeah, and we've, I, I've been trying to get, there, there's a few guests that we have been trying to get that are local guests and they have not come to the show. And you can read into that what you will in terms of why, but you'd think doing the local event would be the easier choice, but they've done international shows, but we've never had them at the local show. And I've certainly knocked on the door a few times. Now, Peter Peter Jackson, I um, I haven't checked in with, quite frankly, but I haven't really been able to get hold of him. They know, he knows where we are. I've had his people reach out to me for other things, but anytime we've made any minor overtures, it's pretty much just been dismissed. So, you know,
0: I suppose it would be the same with someone like Israel Adesanya, who's obviously a huge anime fan, and he's a huge gamer fan as well. I'm not sure. If um, that well, I not. can't speak
1: for everybody. I mean, no, I, no. I'm thinking in terms of Kiwi guys. I'm thinking more uh, p- bigger people who've been around a long time. But um, I mean, there's always we we get some great local talent. Um, and we've had some that come to the show multiple times. And then and, and there's times when it works in just perfectly. We had 11 of the 13 dwarfs from The Hobbit at one show once, and that was, it was amazing. It mm. was just at the right time, just at the right way, and it worked out perfectly. Um, but historically, it doesn't happen. Mm. And not through lack of trying, generally.
0: Well, that's a good point that you make in, in terms of the business sense. I mean, I've talked to a couple of uh, voice actors from Dragon Ball Z, mm. Stephanie Nadolny, who I... No, you know um mm-hmm. she's she's obviously got nothing but great things to say about the armageddon expo because she's been before and like linda young was asking me oh, i really want to come but i'm like well I, oh, yeah I'm, I'm not sure what's involved there in terms of like the people talk for
1: their people we're not look i mean there's zero point talking to anybody about coming to new zealand physically
0: yeah of course of course yeah
1: um yeah. Th- th- that's always the kicker is that it's um there's a, certainly a lot of there's there's lots of people who would love to come. There's always that conversation of how do we make it happen and how much does it cost? And, and sometimes it's really easy and sometimes it's really rewarding. And then other times I'm the guy who pays for the meal and gets stuck with a check. So it's, you know, it's trying to balance that out and that, that, that can be interesting as well.
0: Can it be quite tiresome though, trying to go back and forth with some of these people? I mean, I try and get guests on my show, um, and, and it can be really frustrating, you know. I mean, either you don't get time, a reply, or you're you're dealing with a, a a you know in between person that's just very difficult.
1: Well, I'm used to that, and and sometimes it can take a lot of time. There's certain agents I deal with that just don't seem to that you're getting, con- you know, you open the doors and you're going to get 20 emails from them to, to think. And there's other other people that I drop a line to and I'll get one email back saying, yep, that's all good, sort of. So, um, it's it depends on who you're dealing with. I, I tend to deal with managers who know what they're doing. So, um, and but I've also been doing this long enough that I can, you know, cut through the shit and just get to it and say, okay, this is what we're doing. This is thing, you're available. And then you pencil it in and hope to confirm it.
0: So. Mm. so when you go to these events overseas like e3 or evo or comic con mm. or whatever i suppose what you just try and find people and try and network that's what you're trying to do No, or- no.
1: Uh, sometimes it's more interested in uh, i generally if i if there's the odd actor that i really want to get if and i don't have a contact for the there's not a matter of saying do you want to come to new zealand it's a matter of um, who's your, who's the best person to talk to you about getting you here? And most of the time they'll say a name that I know. And then I'll drop that person a line. It's again, the amount of times we get people saying, Oh, I talked to, um, Stan Lee and he'd really love to come to New Zealand. And you go, yeah, but that's what they, that's what everybody's going to say. When you ask them that question, <laughs> yeah. would you like to come to New Zealand? Is not a hard question. It's again, it's what follows next. That's the problem.
0: Do you, do you think, because New Zealand seems to be getting a lot of media attention in the positive sense at the moment, mm-hmm. due to how we've handled COVID, yep. do you think you can utilize that to your advantage?
1: I think there would be a lot of people that want to get the hell out of America, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, it's too early. It's six months from now before we really can even know. Um, and who knows? I'd like to think that that will, that there's always been, it's New Zealand, people want to come here, but actors travel. I mean, they travel a lot. So it's not, it's a nice thing, but it's not as unique an experience as people seem to think it might be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything you haven't accomplished yet that you are still wanting to achieve in terms of its expansion? Um, Maybe a particular area that, armageddon doesn't really cater to that you want them to cater to Uh,
1: there's always something new i mean it's always technological i mean uh, we're limited by the venues that we have in this country um if if you go to melbourne and they've got um the melbourne convention and exhibition exhibition and convention center um or jeff's shed as they call it and it's got like 30 bays of 30 meters by 60 meters. With every two bays, there's a wall that's removable, and you can have you can have a 500, you know, um, meter by 60 meter event if you want there, or less or more or whatever. Um, And in New Zealand, we don't have anything close to that, and it means that you have to we have to work in with what events we have. I mean, like I just went through the Christchurch Convention Centre, the new Pie that's opening up next next year, and it's gorgeous. It's got all the bells and whistles. It's the best venue probably in the country, but it's not big enough. And that's you know for a they're always we're always limiting what we can do here. And and um, the new convention centre in Auckland that got damaged in the fire, from what I can tell, it's the same thing. It's a nice. It'll be a great venue. Won't be big enough. Not not for what we should have here to make work. And that limits any kind of growth you could have as, as an event. No matter so, what we do. And we're the biggest event pretty much in the country. I mean, the only bigger events than us physically is the field day events, and that's because they use giant paddocks to do what they're doing. Every other event, venue, um, is, you're, you're restrained by the venue itself.
0: Yeah, well, that makes perfect sense. So mm. if you had a magic wand or you, and you weren't limited at all, then what would be the ideal scenario?
1: what, as an event or is a... Yeah,
0: yes, because you say you have limitations. Like, what are some of the limitations? Well, if, we if, we could, had-
1: if we had a bigger venue, I, I just think that we would be able to get bigger companies with more international things would come in. You, it, it's like when Vector Arena or Spark Arena or whatever they're calling it now opened up in Auckland. The minute that opened up, you started seeing a lot more um, uh, big music acts appearing in New Zealand mm. because they could sell a 16,000, 20,000 concert instead of an 8,000 concert. And makes a difference the minute you have more room to play with um people start you know expanding um i mean as i said i'd like i'd like to run a big doctor who thing because i think there's the audience for it um as a show there's always new stuff that we want to sort of try but half the time it's more what's 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 available this year we're we're exploring some more vr stuff because that's starting to become more of a thing um but there's also, you know, new TV shows or new experiences that, that open up the doors and there's stuff that we wanted to do this year that we just, we, we, I thought we had a good shot at and we just got turned down flat. And, um, after, you know, and that that can be, that's very irritating, but it doesn't stop us trying. So.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. But you must know a lot of people. So you must talk to business people and politicians and stuff.
1: Yeah. There's always more people to know. And there's always it depends on again a lot of with once COVID hit everybody went into freeze mode all the big corporations just just froze everything, and that's starting to thaw out now. So that that's helpful. Um, where that will go will be interesting to see.
0: I do find it interesting that you said before that those big corporate companies, if it's if it's not happening in America, they won't do it elsewhere. I find that really weird.
1: No, it's because we're not as a country. Most of our corporates are based in Australia, and most of and most of their the Australian ones answer to America or Europe. It's the illusion that New Zealand's the, the companies get to say what happens in New Zealand is just that. it's uh, you know all the supermarkets are owned by Aussies, all of the chains are owned by Aussies or Americans. I mean, it's it's we're not a country that has a lot of internal ownership in the big way when you really look at it. So a lot of those decisions aren't coming from here.
0: So there has have, has there been any investors overseas that have wanted to buy out Armageddon?
1: Uh, not at the moment. I had, um, had one company that at least said, you know, if you're interested, I'd be interested, but that was a few years ago and and I didn't really explore it and just did, you know, um, I, I, I think at the time I said, look, I'll, I'll take a ridiculous amount of money that the company's not worth for it. But, um, that was about as far as I learned it there. So,
0: yeah yeah so at some point are you just uh, do you ever have your days where you just think like oh fuck it i'll just i'm gonna go more corporate and not worry and do the fan stuff no no, no i've had That's days good.
1: where i just like what am i doing How and there's this year has had a few of those where we're just going you know are we gonna be able to pull this off is this gonna happen um i i have to say this has been probably one of the most stressful years i've had and i've had a lot of Ups and downs over the years um, but uh but we came out of it okay, so you know in the end the stress is worth it but no I, I i never there's the odd time we've made a corporate decision, but normally that's based around we were trying to do something fan related or we had it in the works, and then the numbers just were really the scale was in the wrong direction, and hmm. um if we'd done it, it would just cost. Us 50 grand or a hundred grand or something like that. And the the people said, uh, the the biggest problem we have is that people want caviar, but they only want to pay for chips. So, um, you know, it makes, it makes it a little hard to do some things, you know, and and sometimes we can, and and we have, I mean, I'm very happy with what we've achieved over the years. And, but I also know, um, I know that if we weren't here, I don't know there would be a, 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 an event like this in the country. Or I don't think there would be. It's my thinking. I think, I think there'd be people that would try it, but I don't know that there would be people that would succeed. It, it's it's um, We've been doing this a long time, we've really built it up, but there's, there's that level of... Um, uh, randomness and... Um, and luck that we've we've had and and i don't know that we could keep that going if we weren't doing it no well i I, I could be totally wrong somebody else could take take this over or start another thing and do it 10 times better than me so you know that's entirely possible
0: i don't think so i mean i i go back to that vince mcmahon i do not
1: think so either but (laughs) it's anything's possible i mean that that's the kicker is is anything anything's possible and um you know i certainly enjoy going to other shows um And, uh, but I also enjoy going to mine. So,
0: Mm. well, I just want to say, I mean, I haven't been every year, but every year that I've gone, it looks like the whole event runs like clockwork. I don't know if it does behind the scenes or if there's any drama, but it it seems to be. It's a clock that
1: skips a a few minutes sometimes, but, um, generally it does. It's again, it's, it's a year's worth of planning. So it's not something that we just whack together and say, let's do this. But, um, there are, there's, a, there's a lot of ups and downs, but generally once we get in the door, it tends to run pretty well.
0: Yeah. I suppose what I mean is like, you know how sometimes with these events, there can be curveballs. balls. I mean, I'm like a musician and I've performed and then on the night something breaks or some sound equipment doesn't work. You know, I mean, in terms of those sort of things.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. We've had, um, I guess that, that broke his hand and, and foot at one point I had, <laughs> um, I had people who one one person was getting on the plane and um, um, couldn't make it, had, to, had a medical issue, had to, you know, get off the plane. So we've had guests that have been done a show in Australia and we're all set for them to be in New Zealand the following weekend and they got a job and had to fly back. Um, you know, there's, there's always stuff that happens. We're, I don't tend to deal with... Um, deal with that kind of thing negatively. It's a pain in the butt, but something happens, you accept it, you move on. And that's, that's the only way to do it. And the people who, who wander around cursing the gods for for being problems for them are the ones who just can't get that shit done. We, I I tend to be very much a, um, right or wrong, left or right, um, up or down kind of guy. It's, 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 you can't go right. Okay. I'm going left and away I go.
0: Mm. You seem to get quite a few sponsors though. Was that always the hardest oh, thing?
1: Hmm? Well, that also helps if we're a big show. So, I mean, I think that's as from a corporate thing, they should sponsor us. So I think that there's not a lot of events that do, um, they get the coverage that we do and we're also consistent. I mean, I, I've seen a few shows there was a show in Auckland not too long ago and their social media stopped halfway through the show and they haven't posted anything in a, in a month or so since. And whereas we're on every day, we're constantly active. So, I mean, that's all part of the event. It's all part of the thing people are paying for. So when you go to a corporate and you say, we have this engagement and we have these events, they're looking at multiple things. They're not just looking at a physical event. They're looking at all of the stuff that goes around it. And, that, and that's that's where getting them on board, you know, helps.
0: Yeah. So how do you um, manage, like, let's say if, if you've got a gaming rig set up and you've got, I don't know, like, eight computers or something or eight consoles for like call of duty. How -hmm. do you know that that's the number you're going to come to and you're going to have eight consoles instead of 12 or 16 or.
1: Well, I'm not setting that up. I mean, uh, you've got to know, uh, there's that um, Clint Eastwood saying a a man's got to know his limitations. I'm, I, I'm not doing that. I'm getting, I talk to a a company and say, we're doing this. Can you do this? They go, yes. They quote me or they will do a deal. They'll get there, I'll go, are you set? He goes, yes, and I'll walk away and leave it. Right. Um, there, there's areas where um, you just have to spend money and there's areas where you try to do it yourself. And that's the, the downside to being a smaller event is you do a lot of it yourself because you have to. Um, whereas the bigger you get, you can, you know, you're getting sponsorship money, that's where that money's going. You're paying companies to do bits and pieces for you so that everything does go right. You have a tech company on board to handle all of the technical requirements to make sure, particularly when you're doing virtual panels, that everybody's streaming in, that the the stuff on our end is working fine. You have a um, security company to make sure all the little holes are plugged. You have staff to handle certain other areas. There's always bits and pieces that you you can delegate. Now you can do them yourself. Um, You can get your own equipment, you can do your own tech, but sometimes with the venues you can't. Um, the same thing with advertising, like we have a company that does a bulk of our advertising, whereas I used to do a lot of it myself. And now I, I tend to deal with one big company and that saved us a lot of time. And it gives us a lot of flexibility in terms of how we're doing things. But when you're smaller or starting out, you have to do that yourself. You, You grow around putting up your own posters. You, um, you go into stores and pin stuff up. You post stuff on Facebook yourself. There's, there's different levels of things and there's stuff that we're definitely doing, but there's also a lot of, um, stuff that's delegated out. Makes sense. Mm. Is it how but do you... it works? Yeah. But also, I mean, it gets better and better as you do it. So
0: how do you stay up with everything though? Cause you must have to stay up with the trends, with everything. I watch a to...
1: lot of shows. <laughs> But like, Actually, you- <laughs> one of the things about COVID that I haven't hated this year is that normally September, October, there's so many shows are out that it's hard for me to keep up with them. And this year, that's not been the case because a lot of them starting in January. So I've only had a lot of the streaming stuff that's popped up. So I've had much more time to catch up and, and chew through things. Um, I've still got to get around to watching um, Handmaid's Tale is on my list that I've got to get to shortly, but... Um, there's so many new quality shows that are popping up, but I, I tend to watch if it's sci-fi, fantasy, superhero, I'm watching it.
0: Right, but that still requires a lot of time, and then you
1: yeah. that that's still excludes yeah, hardly like- work. I mean, I do that anyway. I mean, I was just watching um, a uh, Doctor Who and the Faceless Ones, which is a, a black and white 1960. Uh, I'm going to say seven sixty-eight. Um, show that they missed There's four episodes out of the six are missing. So they animated it. So I, I got the Blu-ray and just finished watching that. So um, I don't tend to watch a lot of um, DVDs and Blu-rays anymore. I think a lot of people aren't really, it's, it's more um, streaming. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, that, that, but that's, it's work, but it's, I'm not the only one I'm, staff are sort of doing that kind of thing. And it's research. It's, it's keeping to it. It's watching what's online. I mean, it's all, Again, it's all part of it, but I also have more and more been delegating the social stuff and the um, some of those things to other people. And, and then there's people who step into um, you know new shows that started, and I get people reaching out to me saying, "Oh, would you like this person for a show?" And you know, if I know what the show is, that helps. And if I don't, I can find out. But generally, um, if I don't know what it is, um, then it's not something that. That is mainstream enough for people to want to care about,
0: right? So when it comes to shows, you're like the big cheese, and then you might delegate other stuff to like, so say. Well, gaming. there's also
1: there's shows and there's shows. Like I don't watch uh, there's certain out shows that are just not. I'm not the age group for um, like Riverdale and Char- the new Charmed, and um, there's a bunch that sort of fit into that. Like the Sabrina show, I actually watched because I enjoy the hell out of that one. But a lot of the stuff. I have to be in my 20s to really enjoy it. Um, but I have staff to do that. So, I mean, and they're probably watching it anyway. And, you know, again, it's um, that's where it helps to sort of read social and see what other people are doing too. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I, I imagine you can't keep on top of everything. It would be impossible. To oh, try all to... of that
1: stuff. It's also, if I'm not, I mean, I'll watch an episode or so. Like, I've only watched one episode of Vampire Diaries and it didn't appeal to me. So then there's like, like eight seasons and a spin-off show. Um, but um, we just had two of the main stars virtually appear. I knew they were going to be popular. So it was, you know, it was nice to do. Um, but, uh, I mean, I can keep on to it without actually watching the show myself.
0: Yeah. But I I guess the main thing is you do delegate when you need to.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 It's also, as I said, again, I'm I'm at that age where some some stuff I can get into and other stuff is just not – I'm not the core audience for it. I'm not going to sit through
0: it. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Well, listen, um, I'll wrap up there. But I just want to say that um, I really admire what you've done with the whole Armageddon thing. For the decades and decades that you've been doing it,
1: yeah, say it like <laughs> that. Um, and
0: um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I look forward to seeing how it goes in the future. You've you've got a good thing going, and, and as much as there are decades around on social media, I know a lot of people that appreciate it.
1: Yeah, so do I. And then that's the stuff that gets going. Yeah, but the problem with the internet is, ninety-nine people say good things. One person says bad things. The bad things, the one you read, um, or the one that you remember more. So it's. Um, but more and more, I'm just stepping away from that because it's just, it, it gets too consuming. Um, yeah. and, um, and I have found though, that it's, it's like, um, if, if somebody insults you in a forest and nobody's there to hear it, it didn't happen. So, um, you know, if, um, if people comment on stuff and, you, and I don't read it, it doesn't matter because it, realistically, they're, they're, they're talking to themselves. So, Anyway, but look, I'm, I'm looking forward to next year. I mean, I, I've been pretty happy with how I'm very happy with how this year went, and um, um, we're looking to see what happens for this coming year. So it's uh, it's it certainly um, was that I don't know if it's an actually Chinese saying, but there's a "May you live in, in- interesting times." Um, uh, certainly, we are living in interesting times.
0: We definitely are one yep. for the history books to be sure pretty much yeah, pretty yeah. Much. so if anyone wants to follow the armageddon expo on social media where's the best place for them just to go to
1: armageddon armageddon expo and you'll find us I mean, we're not you know that's the thing is we're, we're pretty easy to find so that's I mean, yeah. why we, we stop promoting our website and stuff because it's just we're not hard to get hold of anymore
0: yeah for sure do you attend all the all the days every single expo yeah. are you there every single yeah. day Cool. All right. Every,
1: every, of only, of the only show that of all of the years that we've done shows this year's Wellington. I had to duck out early because my um, we had a family emergency and had to head home. Um, but every other show that I, we've done over the twenty-five years, I've, I've attended them all.
0: It's amazing, and I respect your work ethic. I really, really do. Um,
1: <laughs> now, a lot of the times it doesn't feel like work. I mean, but that that can be part of the problem. Is that It, it is work. It just you know um but anyway thank you it's good good talk to you um yeah, yeah likewise um, i will uh look forward to hearing this in the future
0: yeah yeah cool all right well that's the show everyone make sure you share like and subscribe and follow the armageddon expo for all the updates stay safe